Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at WonderSid. And you can also hear some of my Wonder Woman analysis at the JLU podcast. Radical. I think I said that. Mathematical. Mathematical. There we go. go. Um, Today... We're not really getting into math. We're getting into sass. Oh, okay. Uh, Disappointed. I should leave now. <laughs> I was here for the math. <laughs> oh, we just lost about hey, half you guys our listeners. My math um, homework. <laughs> today we're talking about minute number thirty-four of Suicide Squad, and the minute's going to start out with Keith Griggs in the hot seat, uh, kind of throwing some questions around on what's going on with this situation. I'm asking the same thing. The minute's going to end with. June Moon giving us some sweet, sweet sleep talking. Enchantress. <laughs> yeah, it's she's sleeping, she's snoozing, and she's sleep talking. She's cruising. That I don't. She. Man, I wonder it's if cruising June to Moon someone does else. June Moon dream normal or do you think they're all like wacko? Oh, she's got up? nightmares. <laughs> yeah, it's just always a nightmare. Yeah, one solid nightmare. It's like uh, Stranger Things, like the sleep deprivation chamber it's like mm-hmm. that scene um i don't know that's a i i don't know how anyone is allowed to sleep next to that thing well no not anyone that she's got like an involuntary possession thing going on <laughs> yes. and that is awful and um we already know that involuntary things are already awful but throw on possession to that jeez man how do you live you can't do anything yeah, I guess that's why Rick Flag is there. Amanda said it a couple minutes ago, where it's like you keep her in check, but at the same, like, does he actually keep her in check? Is this the first time she's sleep talking and, and doing this? We'll get there. He I'm jumping ahead. Control. <laughs> yeah. More when we come back. Sixty yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was uh, a Walter Cronkite. All right, let's get into it. So Keith Griggs is in a hot seat. He is very nervous, as I would be in his situation, and then he gets a touch on his shoulder right yeah. as he says this is crazy mm-hmm. i like i, I kind of like that touch <laughs> one thing that i um remember not liking about this um but i think it's supposed to be that way um is keith Griggs is keith Griggs is running his mouth too much and mm-hmm. um i thought that like this may have been like an improvised thing of him just like okay you got to sit in the chair and you just got to wait for him to enter so you're just gonna be nervous and like uh, that whole nervous like let me just talk yeah, yeah that's like i know ike Barinholtz from like mad tv and stuff and i know like that type of character that he's coming on to it was a little annoying to me you know what i mean um but i i it fits perfectly i would be doing the same exact thing that he's doing but it's i like feel we said like in the last episode yeah 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 and i, I think i said it, tried to fuse the situation yeah 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 and mm-hmm. weeks before when we were first talking about keith griggs i remember thinking like he there's times where he just runs his mouth too much, and it's like, okay, you should have probably dialed back the dialogue. You didn't need to force yourself in there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but Joker I, I don't, even I don't know. tells him right here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, this, I, uh, I gotta say, this is. I think this was the scene that sold me on Jared Leto the first time, uh, and the, the the two times I saw it in theaters, um, I was like, you know what? This has to be the scene. Um, every every actor has to have like a scene for their superhero to prove why they were casted. Like I feel like every uh, superhero comic book 
film adaptation it always has one of these scenes that that lets you kind of like consume everything that they've been putting into this movie for this character and what mm-hmm. the actor's been preparing for and i always felt like it was this scene this was the joker introduction scene of this movie that was like here is where you're going to experience the full in in this scene i would say charisma of this mm-hmm. joker like this joker comes in and he silences the room he is putting on a performance and people are all eyes are glued on this character he is in total command of the audience uh, and the entire um, energy of this room. And it, it's that that I was like, this is the Joker that they were trying to do. And I was like, this I I see this Joker in this gold mm-hmm. suit. And it's like, uh, okay, I you have my full attention now. Yeah. Roll with it. I'm, I'm good here. This mm-hmm. is it. Does yeah. he have a cane? Does he have a cane walking I think in? he does, yeah. yeah. Another great touch. Maybe not in this. Yeah, not in this particular scene, but oh. he does have one yeah i remember seeing a cane at one point yeah maybe when they were breaking out of arkham i don't know maybe doesn't matter but yeah um, he's i believe it's a very like animalistic performance he's even kind of like growling here yeah. but it's just like it's it's jared leto's entire like body in the performance mm-hmm. but you know it's animalistic in the way that you get the sense that he's gonna do like you you, you can't predict what he's gonna do Mm-hmm. And, and even in this scene, his entire demeanor changes in a second from looking really intimidating to not exactly friendly, but, you know, suddenly the smile breaks out. So mm-hmm. it just he's extremely changeable and it makes people nervous around him. Yeah. And, and this is like this is probably just completely from like even before they said, all right, action. It's like Jared Leto is being this guy who's testing things that are going to make you feel vulnerable or like it's unnerving. It's like, I'm trying to disturb you. And it's so like maybe that whole day before shoot is like you going up to people and thinking, okay, what, how can I act right now next to you? That's going to make you feel like you don't want to be anywhere near me right now. And it's like with this character, he comes in and he's being real intimate. He's like, I'm, I'm going to like almost have like this affection for you. And like, like really like um, get personal with this character and the character is not expecting that at all. Uh, He's totally like, I'm, I'm completely like, I, I realize I don't want to be in this situation right now. Very uncomfortable with the situation. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's like, this is what this actor was preparing for. This is how they've been trying to get into the heads of not just his character, but how do I use the other characters, um, you know their past against them or and stuff like mm-hmm. that so yeah and it it seems very true to any other adaptation as well whether it be cartoons or animated series because i like this entire like invading people's personal space like this is mm-hmm. totally joker behavior it's that's the, just the kind of thing that makes people uncomfortable so obviously it's just what he does it's his default mode yeah absolutely it, it, it's it's him being the the thing that they fear most they're you know the chaos in their lives you know these people try to live such normal lives and um he like totally acknowledges that and that's how he's able to manipulate it because there's there's no way anyone wants to fall into into this guy's hands if if he's near you so yes it's absolutely terrifying i think it's a wonderful performance just this bit here and this is one of those moments where it's like if 
like thank you so much for this and i don't know if it's like if we should have gone this far with it but this is phenomenal uh let's I know let's probably like get this in with a Batman film now. Like I want to see more of that uh, where it's needed. Oh yeah. The mannerisms are, I think are, are spot on. I just need to see it in, um, they just need to go all out with it. Um, we get to see the full potential of this character and this performance. Yeah. Um, the one thing that draws my attention again, we said it a little bit was, I, I I think Joker puts white makeup on top of his pale skin. To make it even whiter? Yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure he does that. Because um, it's like, it's got like a makeup sheen to it. Mm-hmm. And um, we, you know, we can infer that the vat does turn your sca- skin pale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe just not so uniformly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's probably like maybe blotchy or something like that. So like in order to completely yeah, and it. You I might mean, want to do that. Like, I don't know. Again, theatrics and whatnot. It, yeah, the theatrics. I mean, he's got um, tattoos. I mean, what's, you know, what difference is makeup? Like, yeah. it's all like, it's all an affectation for him. Like, that's what he loves. Yeah. That's like how he loves his style. And so it's like, yeah, it's like, do you? Like, you're just this, you know, you're broken, psychotic dude. Like, go for what it. What do you think about his hair? I, I don't I think know it's if we've ever had a conversation <laughs> about his hair. I think but is like, it. It's the not style too, like, or the color. No, the style is great. I love that like slick back. It's like that new. Um, it's like Jared Leto. It, you ever heard of yeah, that it's guy? Like Jared Leto. <laughs> it's like a newer. Um, if it was shaved a little bit on the sides, it'd be like that new age uh, crew cut that they're doing now. That like military people are doing. It's like long on the top, but they slick it back. My brother did. Oh it well. yeah, and that's kind of what he what Joker looks like currently in the yeah, comics. Yeah, yeah, what. Yeah, yeah. Endgame Joker looks like what he's doing right now, but color. Yeah, uh, it would be kind of shaved on the side too. Mm-hmm. So are we talking about Rick Flag? No, because <laughs> does the, he not have the same haircut in this scene? I don't know. The color of Joker's <laughs> hair now is it is it too green for you guys? And this is no. solely basing off of like only what we've had in the past, like Heath Ledger's like crappily you know dyed hair this is like he went to party city bought the spray paint can of hair dye and just went to town on his hair which is probably exactly what he did Um, (laughs) well yeah because i think um, there's probably mixed stuff in the comics too but i think in the comics it's implied that the chemical bath turned his Mm -hmm. skin white and his hair green which doesn't make much sense yeah (laughs) i guess you could assume that everything just got kind of bleached out so yeah he he dyes his hair he dyes his hair um, and once again, he, he goes all out in every other aspect of his appearance. Mm-hmm. So why not bright, you know, green. it's not too green for you guys. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I love it's the too neon. green. No, not for I Joker. Think, okay. <laughs> I think it the neon green with his clothing and it's weird. Cause I, it's brighter in this scene, I think than in later scenes are like, so yeah, they do a good job of, of color grading here. And, and I like in but it's moment, also fluorescent light. I like how green it is. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of bright here. Um, I think what the the problem was is that I'm so used to Joker's green hair trying to make it look natural, where I'm not used to the fact where he yeah, is uh, like um, overly exaggerating the green, painting. Yeah, it, you know what I mean? I think go. F- I think exaggerate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, a person in such costume would paint their hair green like that or dye it green like as bright as you could and yeah, not well, ha- play it off like making it look natural yeah well that's the thing in the comics because it is his quote-unquote natural hair color it can look fluffy and whatever mm-hmm. other kind of style you want but that doesn't really work if you're 
you know, dying it. Yeah. <laughs> and so this Joker right here, the the way he is dressed, is this the Brian Azzarello like style Joker, the one with like the the dragon tattoo and stuff? Uh, he was. I think in that comic he was just wearing an ordinary Joker costume. Mm-hmm. Wait a second, let me look at this again. Um. The golden suit, I don't know what that one's a reference to. I remember uh, a while back seeing someone do like a comparison, like every single outfit he wears yeah. in the movie oh, and kind I, of what it refers to. Yeah, not just the outfit. I just meant like the the, the, the whole aesthetic. The persona. Like, I think like who what, this Joker is that we're being introduced to in the cinematic universe. Like, is this a best example for something? I, I might get oh, well, flack for it, but I think it's supposed to be Snyder's Joker and like Endgame because he has the mannerisms of Oh, this, Scott Snyder, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> yeah, skinny. Yeah. <laughs> This uh, malnourished, what they call them, the pale man in New mm-hmm. 52, oh, Joker, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Like, that's the vibe that I'm getting. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, in real world, he, yeah, yeah. In, in, the, in the real world, he is um, mob boss, mm-hmm. but still have this, like, snakily weirdo guy fit into that. And it, it's, um, I like the use that he's not, like, it's open. I can see his chest. Like, it's an mm-hmm. open thing. That slenderness that he's got. Um, it definitely reminds me of New 52 Pale Man Joker, which is yeah. cool because that's creepy in my opinion. Oh, yeah, that was, yeah, he did a terrifying take. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the gold suit, once again, it's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a flashy thing. You know, you ever see those pictures, high rollers wear these outrageous mm-hmm. colored suits? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, they're, I, I know a lot of people complain about his appearance, but like I said in previous episodes, I do not have a problem with, joker's aesthetic in this film i think it's very gangster i think the tattoos fit with that it mm-hmm. feels real to me i don't know why people keep making fun of it but um but i am i'm really down with what they were going for here yeah absolutely um and then as we segue it ends with him um telling him telling uh keith Greggs that he's going to be his new best friend and then it transitions over to uh, this is a hotel room now, Nate. Okay. This okay, we're at good. a hotel now. Um, this is what a hotel looks let like. Let me take notes. Uh, got it. <laughs> okay, what hotel is that? Let me uh-huh. that. Call them real quick. So now we're talking to Rick Flag, and so Rick Flag, I feel like has the haircut you were talking about, but I'm not sure <laughs> if that's back. correct, Nate. Um, it has like that long hair, kind of similar to Joker, but it's more um, like buzzed in mm-hmm. on the sides. Um, he's chewing on this chicken oh. leg and i i gotta be honest it grosses me out but is this now i don't i don't know much about rick flag is this a trope that he does has he been chewing on a turkey leg before is this a thing or is someone just like leg. hey you need a snack get him a drumstick pack it in his lunch and wrap it in foil for him like what's the deal here um thank you for bringing that up because i have no idea either i saw so many people thinking this scene was absolutely hilarious, like him just eating this drumstick in the middle of the night. And I'm just like, I'm not a meat eater, so is there some kind of joke here that I'm not getting? I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Maybe David was just like, hey, we got to get you doing something. Yeah, you're eating the chicken leg? Just come on set. We got you. We'll do I, this real quick. To me, Very feels... aggressively eat that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's chicken. what it is. It's like, yeah, sorry, like... we can't take a lunch break today. I know Union says we have to, but we can't. We just have to go right through shooting. A real so American hero doesn't eat potato <laughs> chips. A real American hero, like, is eating a chicken leg. Just... Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, like, he couldn't have Chinese that... takeout? I don't think that's cooked, man. <laughs> that shit, that looks cold. He eats it raw. He just went out and caught it with his bare hands. Yeah. Just went fishing, brought back some food. It's like, okay, dude, there's a Popeyes down the street, man. Just, like, you know, 
if he doesn't eat it, Enchantress is going to do some weird demonic ritual with it. So. And they're in Washington, right? Because they had the meeting with the military uh, people. The Washington, George Washington Monument yeah. is in the background. Is in the shot. Yeah, that's where it's they are. It's not Las Vegas. So it's... Is there mm-hmm. one in Vegas? Okay, so there's no meaning to the, the chicken wing thing. It's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> I just The way he's aggressively going at it, it's just random. It's just not what I would have done. Thank you. It was going off. That glass was going off the table. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very weird it's a very weird bit with uh, just any actor eating. Like when it comes to eating, it's like it's I don't know. I, I think of like Seinfeld, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's normal. I that makes me hungry. It does. It depends. And, but but uh, they're either you know. This makes they're, me. They're either picking at the the diner food or they're eating uh, Chinese takeout and like they're only taking like little bits, like just the little vegetables of like the lo mein out with the chopsticks yeah. or something like that. You only got to do, and like you show just motion, like you have a fork like in your hand, but you take it away and like you. I think if you're gonna eat food on camera and and be in a film, I think it needs to make me want to eat that food <laughs> and maybe make it product placement, like oh, too much. Maybe okay, maybe not product placement, yeah, but some, like by the time I leave that theater, like when I watch like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something, it's like yeah, I, I do want pizza. want pizza. Yeah, like I want that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. No, I don't. I don't want any of that. I don't the, want that. The thing that I always think of when I watch movies and someone's eating, because I know, um, like, I know that in filmmaking, you you film scenes multiple times. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple takes. So I always think in a scene where an actor has to eat. What if the director just goes crazy and just like, okay, take forty. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like is the actor eating. just like, I can't I can't eat anymore. I'm sorry. He's just spitting <laughs> the chicken bites into like a bucket. It's like, all right, let's try this again. <laughs> um he even like just watching him bite into it is like he has to like a, do a second attempt when he <laughs> bites into it because it's like he has to like readjust his his bite into it and like I'm like, what are you doing, man? He's, yeah, he's holding it like an opposite way, <laughs> and he's biting it to like, okay, you got to show the camera that you're biting the chicken. Like, uh, like, come on, you can't just like take it. Maybe yeah. if you like, he bites in and he bites it to show the camera that it's like this is the shape of a drum. And then he's realized I can't I actually think he's bite just it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just him being nervous. He needs something to do because he's like looking out the window all mm-hmm. suspicious, like so. Which is another um, thing. If I was nervous, I wouldn't be eating. Nervous I, eating? I, what if you no. have a steakhouse? Oh, I don't. I don't think I nervous eat. I do the opposite. You don't nervous eat? I eat I'm like, eat. I, I'll eat I when it's over. I'll, I'll just, oh, no. I'll just, I'll just sit with it, and then once because it it's depends over, on how nervous I am. Yeah. Um. It's but yeah. It's it is a it is a strange moment, and I'm glad a lot of people caught that. That we spent like two minutes on. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's like it's it's like how can you not talk about? You have that? to, when, yeah. especially doing it minute by minute. It's like how how are we not going to talk about this moment? It is so <laughs> like distracting, but um, it's it's really a moment about. It's a it's a moment that Rick Flag has with Enchantress, and it's them two. There's June Moon is not really in this in this picture. Um, and so it's a moment where she taking a June snooze, taking a June moon snooze. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. I see where you're at. Um, she turns into enchantress. Um, I'm assuming at any point, if she doesn't have her like her walls up, like enchantress can come in and like manipulate, unconscious. Yeah, yeah, manipulate the body. Um, 
Hmm. What happens if June Moon were to get shot? Would Enchantress take over? Like in, in times of, of uh, enhanced stress or something like that? I don't know. Let's ask our Venoms oh, expert. Uh, Sydney, are you there? <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Oops. Possibly. Hello? Oh, hello? I just lost you guys for a sec. Oh, oh no, no worries. We weren't talking about anything important. Oh. <laughs> all right. Well, it's all good now. What was the last thing you heard? Um, would Enchantress take control? Okay. Oh, of a, a bullet. Situation. Yeah, yeah. So like in an intense situation, would Enchantress uh, take over in that kind of thing? Or is it just like she found a way like, oh, she's unconscious. Let me just slip in. I don't know. I think she would probably try to protect her if she needed to, because she's like the host. Yeah, right. The symbiote. Uh, yeah. The symbiote. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, speaking of venom, go yeah. see venom. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a very it's an odd thing. It's 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 uh, they have to learn to coexist, but one is going to take over the other, and and she's using um, June Moon as as kind of like a, a vessel to get what you know her her immortality back if you will yeah mm-hmm. um and so this moment um becomes a moment between rick flag and enchantress and she's she's asking for him to cooperate which is weird the enchantress is asking for him to cooperate that's what you're saying it seems like it and yeah. that's yeah and it's like she needs him to not do anything mm-hmm as a threat because of June Moon or yeah. because you want this for June Moon? I, t- I don't know. Oh. Ooh. I don't know. Could be both. I think it's both. I'm feeling both. Um, Like, it's, hey, it's in both of our best interests. You love this June Moon girl. I can free her if I get back my heart. Let's work together. But also, it's like, hey, you can't do anything like shoot me because you're going to be shooting June and I have her hostage. So, shush. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you can't yeah. do yeah. anything. Yeah. Hmm. Well, yeah, that, that's what, and that's even what Waller said to him before. You know, that's that's the um, the way that Flag is being coerced into doing this whole Suicide Squad thing. So, same thing. There's she, Enchantress and Waller both have something on him. Every everyone has something on on Rick Flag. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, uh, that's the, but the, yeah. the change. Thematically, that's the, what connects him to the squad. Yeah. Okay. We good? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. No, you're fine. You're fine. Um, what was that? <laughs> it, was a, it was a very awkward pause. <laughs> it was an awkward pause. I looked at him. He looked yeah. at me, and um, <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't hear yeah, anything. Yeah. No, no. No. We're good. Um, gonna have to edit some stuff out of this oh, episode. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, That's I guess here's a question. Um, so this is another, I, I think, point that I've seen criticism for. Um, what do you think of the flag and june relationship in the movie nate you want to take this one yeah um i think we're missing a big part of it i think we're missing a huge part mm-hmm. of it um but what i'm talking about like between that yeah, the, yeah version yeah. that we have here yeah um but what i gather from the rick flag and june moon thing it was just one of those oh he was you know love at first sight uh he just kind of fell for her i'm a believer of people falling for other people and mm-hmm. just like you know that just happens so I kind of just rolled with it. It made sense. Um, I understand like the internal struggle of someone between duty and love. Mm-hmm. So it's like just one of those things. 
Yeah, I, I, I keep thinking that he, his character was meant to develop differently in a different version of this film. Um, and the version that we get is, is something that it, it seems like it conflicts, like whether we're supposed to love this character, pity this character, or realize that he is the true kind of um, like black sheep among all these other people. Like he is the, the weird one. It's kind of like the monsters or like their, uh, their niece was like the, oh, the normal. Chick? Yeah. yeah. She was normal <laughs> and they were all monsters and mm-hmm. freaks. And it's like, and they think she's weird. Yeah. And it's like, that's what it, maybe in a different version, maybe that's what Rick flag was, but this one, they really make him just like GI Joe. Like he is the chief basically. And, yeah. But it's it's very strange. So I I'm always conflicted on this character, um, but I think there might have been, um, uh, you know, maybe there was a version of this film where their relationship is a little bit better, like mm. and or, or developed, or like developed for a reason. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't seem like much. Like it it seems like there there is no actual. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems way too quick, didn't it? Like it. Yeah. The only bit yeah, we got was him. I would say it was too. Yeah, yeah, busted into the bathtub, the Blackwater bathtub, chick, and then fell like, in love with the goth chick, and then all of a sudden they there. were just getting pictures taken of themselves <laughs> on the street buying hot dogs or something, more chicken legs. <laughs> yeah, but that's surveillance. Yeah, I know, that's surveillance. But at the same time, it's just like, oh, you walked in, and she's just like damsel in distress, and bing, bang, boom. Okay, general audience, yeah, I get that damsel in distress trope. Okay, I fell for her. But when it comes to like the comic book characters, I'm forced to think, how do they relate to each other? Why are the two of them paired together? And how are you what, protecting her? Exactly. Like, what makes you better exactly. than anyone else? Why? It, that's the main question. Like, why are you so concerned about June Moon when you were your entire training in life has led you up to a mission like this where it's not supposed to interfere? And yet, mm. first sign of a cute girl in a blackwater bathtub with a cool bath bomb. Bath bomb. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, all that out the window. Yeah. It was just too yeah. quick. Yeah, I agree with you. I I remember thinking it was quick too. Like I like the idea of them, mm-hmm. but I I feel like there was just some missing scenes, maybe sort of developing their relationship, maybe more of seeing it from her perspective. Um, because I can see that maybe she helps to keep her, like if he keeps her calm, like if it's something where Enchantress is more likely to come out if she's stressed, mm-hmm. then I could see why his presence would help. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why does he but- need her? That's the thing. Well, that's the thing. I mean, he likes her. It's What's why can you say why one person likes another? And, yeah. and that's just something that would be nice to know. Um, but from the story perspective, it's important because this needs to be the thing that can be used against him to get him involved in the mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I don't it, think they're off the hook, basically. It, it, like, in my, in my case, it's like if I go see a Suicide Squad sequel... I'm like, hey, I didn't let that go. I, I, I still want you guys to maybe develop this relationship a little bit more. Like, mm-hmm. like it still feels like it's lacking, and I and I feel like we should get some more stuff like that in a sequel. Because um, I think if they just go like, oh yeah, the, you know, they're just together. Like, we're just now no more June Moon and Rick Flag. Like, just, they just got shipped, and that's it. Well, they're still <laughs> I, part of the team, but like, it's just June Moon and Rick Flag there, and it's like I doubt it. We're just. I don't. It's like I'm gonna need. I'm gonna need you to. I feel like their story kind of ended at the end of this. Movie. I don't know. Well, they it ends in the sense that Enchantress is apparently no more. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like. So what's the need for it? They I would have... still work for Amanda Waller in like business. 
I don't know. Only if only if June still. Well, well, yeah. I guess she could still. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. These but if June doesn't have any powers anymore, mm-hmm. then she herself is only useful as a bargaining chip. This is what I'm talking Rick. about. Yeah. Like what? Like Suicide Squad kind of ends with me going. I have a lot of questions about you two guys. Yeah. You guys can just hang on for a moment <laughs> as I yeah. talk to you two real quick. I think uh, the. I mean, another thematic reason why the relationship is important was I always felt that it kind of connected with joker and harley in some way like the, the at the end of the movie you guys are going to get to this but the the only emotional feeling i got for rick and june as a couple was when they're reunited at the very end but then the camera cuts to harley who looks so relieved like she looks really happy for them and for some reason i was sort of like okay harley's feelings about this are what i'm like that's what i'm attached to because we understand more about Harley and her feelings. So mm-hmm. it's like their relationship through her eyes means more to me than I think their relationship itself, if that makes sense. Um, okay. You know, cause we yeah. really didn't get a whole lot of detail about it. So. Yeah. And she is kind of like part of the, the main, uh, the main triumvirate of characters. So it's like, it's like getting her perception is what we've kind of been, you know, talking about this whole time. I think we, have come to the agreement that somehow this is this whole movie is being told in some weird way by Harley Quinn because a lot of the style cuts and everything are either neon colors or the way things or are distorted. Crazy. Like, yeah, sometimes we get uh, repeats of clips or memories that are shown like in a little bit different or eerie ways, and so it's like we we felt like this really weird story about Suicide Squad is being retold by an already weird and, and twisted mind, which is Harley Quinn. Um, so it, it, seeing something like that through Harley Quinn by the end of the, at the end of the movie, it's like, okay, this is, um, this means more to her own uh, trials and tribulations, like her own uh, personal history. And it's like, okay, yeah, let's maybe, maybe there, there is a character we need to hang all this weight on and be like, all right, yeah, you got, you um, like, we're kind of understanding it through, and you know that's the whole point of this movie, right? Is to see it from the villain's point of view this time, and it's like their weird outlook on life. And um, yeah, but every single one of them, it, it, it's it, weirdly enough. I mean, some of the characters like like Boomerang or Croc, you know, you don't really get much of their backstory. But a lot of the other characters are motivated by love in some way. Like you know, Deadshot wants to reunite with his daughter. Um, you know, Katana. You know, she's constantly speaking to her dead husband, and you know, Harley loves the Joker. So that's there so it's one of those things where the the june moon brick flag relationship makes sense in that context yeah and that and that that question about love that is a kind of like an important scene between the two main characters deadshot and and harley quinn as they're ascending that tower so it's like there are a lot of moments in this film where where love is kind of uh the driving force between many of these threads and so we'll just have to keep an eye on it mad love actually and other stories (laughs) <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a good actually, explanation I, yeah go for it i love your idea because this is actually um kind of blew my mind a bit but your, your idea that it's almost like the entire story is being told from harley's perspective that's pretty cool it kind of reminds me of um do you guys uh, listen to man of steel podcast the man of steel answers or yeah man of steel answers mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. um i remember he, he did a wonder woman episode where he was talking about how the the story it's kind of like it's diana she's 
telling the story. So maybe the way we see things isn't exactly how it all happened. Mm -hmm. You know, there's kind of a heightened reality to it because it's a story being told. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. It's an interesting way of thinking Mm -hmm. about it. Um, but you know, that totally makes sense here. And it makes kind of the, the very zany way that it's yeah. edited together yeah. really kind of work a little bit more. Yeah. Built in excuses. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for that. <laughs> exactly. Um, well then cool. You guys have anything else for this one before we wrap it up? No, sir. Mm, I guess just the one thing is, uh, I do remember one disappointing thing when I saw this scene in theaters for the first time was this is one of those parts where something from the trailer wasn't in the movie. And it's that um, it's that line where the Joker says, "I can't wait to show you all my toys." Oh yeah, it, yeah. That was I think it, the way that that was cut in the trailer was it was during this scene with Briggs. And when I think about it, I think they probably cut it because I think they probably cut it because it was no longer relevant. Because really, all he gets Griggs to do for him is pass on that phone to Harley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So unless there was something else with Griggs and Joker. Um, it just isn't relevant anymore. Yeah. So yeah, if I just remember I like that line in the trailer, so I was sad. If they were like planning another breakout, like what they did at Arkham, that would kind of be like, a, mm-hmm. let me show you my toys, and like all the other guys have like their weapons and whatnot. Yeah, yeah it would. Maybe. There would have to be a callback to that. There'd have to be a follow up to that. It's like if you tell the audience, like, oh, I can't wait to show you my new toys, and then you'd have to show the audience the new toys. You'd have to like, all right, so we shot. Nintendo. Joker gets a mech suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Check out my Dragon Ball Z action figures. Yeah. It's never been open. And it's like, uh, you, you'd you have to follow up and have the audience actually see the toys. Like, and But you'd have to say we shot an interrogation scene. like, And okay. so that would have to exist. But if it doesn't, then you don't have anything to really follow up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think that the... You know, I, I know that a lot of stuff was changed around and deleted, and that's sad. I don't think as much was deleted as people think. I think it's somewhat exaggerated, but it is kind of like I would love to know what the, the context for those scenes originally were. Hmm. Maybe we'll know someday. <laughs> You're saying the, the whole movie or just the Joker scenes? Um, well, just, I think the Joker scenes, people always talk about like, oh, they, they filmed a ton enough for an entire movie. And a lot of that ended up being like, well, no, they just filmed yeah. some scenes multiple times, <laughs> you know, multiple takes. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it's, I think it's just rearranged differently. Mm-hmm. I think the footage is, is close to, to most of it. I'm, I'm pretty just, sure there's only like a few Joker minutes. I feel that like they it's didn't just, in. uh, origin yeah, stuff. I, there's some stuff. Cause I remember yeah. there was stuff in the trailers that did not make it into the movie so that there there were some i think yeah. people exaggerate how much but yeah. there was some and it's i mean it's just like those 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 numbers from last episode it's like oh i want to know yeah exactly <laughs> and and um also just being flat out replaced like it could be the same you know we're still going to be given like a two hour 14 minute film but you know we just changed the third ending the third act mm-hmm. ending like and yeah. it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's it's close but it's different out there so mm-hmm. um it's, it's just really curious um just trying to think of how how different could have been um but on that note we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minute and the facebook group dc cinematic minute listener society tell us what you thought about today's episode or any episodes you're catching up on we'd love to talk about man of steel again or dawn of justice We'll catch you for Friday's episode, Minute 35 of Suicide Squad.